If you are someone who struggles to keep your New Year's resolutions, but you just don't have a better answer and you don't know where to turn to make sure that you reach your goals every year, then this is absolutely the episode for you. Listen in for some easy, really simple tips on how to make 2023 your best and your boldest year ever. Welcome to the Empower Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. This show helps you turn insights into action for powerful leadership growth. I want to start out with a very dismal statistic. So there was a survey conducted by the University of Scranton that says that only 8% of people who make New Year's resolutions are successful in achieving their goals. Okay, 8%. Obviously, something is not working here. Another survey found that 80% of resolutions are completely abandoned and tossed aside by the second week of February. 80%. So over an entire year, only 8% of people are achieving their goals, and 80% by the second week in February are done with their resolutions. So that's why we are doing this podcast, because I do not want you to be that statistic. And I want to share with you some observations that I have made and my business partner Lori has made in our coaching practice. And so here's what we see typically, whether we're coaching clients one-on-one or whether we're coaching in groups, we're seeing kind of one of two things. One is people are really busy doing a lot of busy work. They aren't super satisfied. They have an itch inside that says they should be doing something different or something more or something better or something more fulfilling, but they just don't know what that thing is. They come to us for guidance on, you know, help me understand what that is. And then the other side of the coin is we have people coming to us in our coaching practice, in our groups, saying, I have checked all of the boxes. I have achieved all of my goals. I have elevated to the top in my organization. I'm either in the C-suite. I am the CEO. I've checked all the personal boxes. I've done all these things. But I'm still unhappy and I'm still unfulfilled. I also don't understand why. Can you help me? Those two things kind of go hand in hand. Where we typically start the conversation out in our coaching is really helping people understand that the essence of that comes down to values. Are you living a life that is in alignment to your values? And that's really the first step. That's the first step in any of the coaching that we do whether, again, it's whether it's our one-on-one coaching clients or whether we're in our groups. We're getting clear and getting clarity on values because your values become the compass for everything that you do. So for the sake of today's show, I'm going to assume that you know what your values are and that you are living in accordance to your values. And this show is going to be more about 
making some subtle mindset shifts and some tweaks to what you're doing around planning and designing your 2023 so that you can make sure that you are getting what you want out of this year. That you are squeezing the juice out of the lemon this year and you're getting everything that you want out of it. So before we get into the actual solution around how to make this your best year, let's talk about why most New Year's resolutions don't work. So the first reason why they don't work is that people set really unrealistic goals for themselves, which can be absolutely difficult or literally impossible to achieve. So you might be saying to yourself, hey, I want to resolve and I want to promise myself that I'm going to lose 50 pounds this month. I mean, that's not realistic nor healthy, and it's just unachievable. And so knowing that, you don't really move forward because you know that you're not going to achieve it. You just know you're setting yourself up for failure. So that's the number one reason, setting unrealistic goals. The second reason why people may not achieve their New Year's resolutions is they just don't have a clear path on how to get there. As we all know, if we don't have a specific plan of action, and if you don't have your values being the compass for the path, then it can be really easy to lose motivation, become discouraged, and just not move forward. The worst part of it all is it's just really easy to stay in your comfort zone. I have been watching the show Limitless with my daughter over the holidays. And oh my gosh, it has been so inspiring. If you don't know about it, it's it's a show with Chris Hemsworth. It's on Netflix. There's, I want to say, five or six episodes. And he talks about mindset, strength, memory. It's all related to health. It is truly inspirational because in every episode, he pushes himself out of his comfort zone. One of the key takeaways I took from the entire documentary is around getting more comfortable in the discomfort, pushing myself out of comfort because it's good for us. It's good for us mentally. It's good for us physically. Again, kind of going to the second point of people don't have a plan of action. They just kind of settle into their comfort zone. You know, I want to pose that question to you is, are you settling into your comfort zone? And if so, what is going to be that motivation that's going to get you out of your comfort zone? What is going to be important enough for you to really push yourself? Chris Hemsworth talks in the documentary and his coach talks to him about envisioning himself in his 90s being able to play with his grandchildren. And that becomes a, a very powerful motivation for him to really get out of his comfort zone and push himself further than he thought he could push himself. So the third reason that people don't follow through with their resolutions is just that they may not have a strong enough reason or motivation for making the resolution. When we embark on this journey of making change in our lives, we have to have a strong why. Because what can happen is it can be really difficult to maintain the necessary level of discipline and commitment and effort that goes into 
following through with a resolution if you don't have a strong why. And so my question to you is, what is your why? What is your why for wanting something new, something different that is outside of your comfort zone? And is that why strong enough to keep you consistent? So we've talked about the three primary reasons why people don't keep their New Year's resolutions. But that is not going to be you this year. You are going to be making changes, exciting changes, that are going to allow you to keep your promises to yourself. Because that's essentially what these goals are, what these resolutions are, whatever you choose to call them is really a personal preference, but it's promises you're making to yourself. And so when you think about what your core values are, you know, are you living a life that is in alignment with those core values? That's your first question. And that is the most important question. Again, assuming that you've done the values work, we're going to move forward and talk about what you should be doing. So here's where New Year's resolutions also go wrong is they feel like work because you're telling yourself you have to do something new. And just that nuance makes it feel like a responsibility. So I'm going to be working out every day because I want to lose X amount of weight, become something, you know, something else to add to my to-do list. Just that mental thought of thinking of, oh, I'm adding something else to my to-do list can oftentimes just be enough to brush it off our list. What I want to propose today is a list of anti-resolutions. Yes, you heard me right. Let's talk about this year and your planning through the lens of anti-resolutions. So you may be sitting there saying, Natalie, what the heck are anti-resolutions? So anti-resolutions, also known as quote-unquote reverse resolutions, are a type of goal-setting strategy where what you're doing is you're focusing in on what you want to stop doing or what you want to eliminate from your life rather than what you want to start doing. And this can be really useful in helping you achieve your goals because it gives you a clear sense of what you want to avoid. By doing that, it prevents you from falling into these old patterns or comfort behaviors or habits that can be holding you back. So for example, an an example of an anti-resolution would be instead of resolving to eat healthier this year, you resolve to stop eating junk food. And so by focusing in on eliminating that specific unwanted behavior, what happens is it brings you clarity on what to avoid and it gives you really clear focus on the outcome you want to achieve. So by focusing less on the junk food and you're stopping eating, stopping at Taco Bell and you're not going to McDonald's, you know that that in turn is going to make you healthier. So I'm going to give you some ideas. And some of these ideas came from an article that was in Fast Company that was titled Why You Should Make an Anti-Resolution List and What to Put on It. I loved some of the ideas in here, so I wanted to give them credit. So one of the ideas around what you should stop doing is, you know, stop biting your tongue. So when you have an opinion to share, do it. Share your opinion. Make that 
what you're going to stop doing. I'm going to stop holding back. I'm going to stop playing small. I'm going to make sure that my ideas are heard around the boardroom, at meetings, at home, and in my community. Wherever you need to be playing bigger and where your voice needs to be heard, which is everywhere because everyone needs to hear your insights, make a commitment, make an anti-resolution that you are going to stop playing small. You're going to stop biting your tongue. So that's a good example. Another example of an anti-resolution is stop using disclaimers. So this is a huge pet peeve for me, and not necessarily a pet peeve, but it's just something that I see a lot of women do especially, is starting sentences with phrases such as, you know, I'm sorry to bother you, but, or I just wanted to tell you, or I don't know if you have time, but I wanted to share with you, or I feel like all of those things can really detract from your powerful message. So make a commitment that you will stop saying things like, I'm sorry. We walk down the street, we get bumped in the shoulder by someone else, and we apologize for it. Make a commitment to stop doing that. If you have to say you're sorry, the article says, say you're sorry with a smile and move on, which I wholeheartedly agree with. But let's stop apologizing for things that we don't need to be apologizing for. Another example is make a commitment to stop feeling guilty. I love in the article it says, some say that guilt is anger that we feel that we don't have the right to have. This is so true. If you need to have conversations, difficult conversations with people in your life, people at work, then have those conversations. If you feel guilty about not inviting someone to a social event or leaving them out, or you feel guilty about having to run out of the office because you are going to your kid's birthday party, just do it, but don't feel guilty about it. Sometimes guilt can be the overlay of underlying anger or resentment that we feel. But it's important to acknowledge that and it's important to address it. So again, just an idea, stop feeling guilty. Here's another one. Stop procrastinating. We all have things that need to be done, whether it's work, whether it's exercise, whatever it is, what happens is the procrastination causes us so much mental energy So if there is something that you don't like doing and you're procrastinating, just do it. And I know it sounds, that sounds like an easy solution, right? And I know it sounds simple, but it's not easy. But the reality is, one thing that I know from my coaching clients is in every role in any organization, no matter how high up, people do not like having difficult conversations. They don't like having them at work. They don't like having them at home. It's just something that can cause physical people get red, they get sweaty, their palms get sweaty. They just dread having difficult conversations. But the anticipation of those difficult conversations make things so much worse. So just have the conversation. Stop procrastinating. Another thing is stop the perfectionism. I know this is easier said than done, but I see so many people suffering because of this idea That in order to do anything, in order to move forward, we have to do it perfectly. Whether it's that project at work, whether it's moving forward in a relationship, 
whether it's having a, a difficult conversation, whatever it is, we put so much pressure on ourselves. Maybe you are thinking about changing careers. Maybe you're thinking about trying something new. And from the get-go, instead of having a beginner's mindset and really leaning into, oh, I'm in a learning phase, I see so many people putting so much undue pressure on themselves about being perfect right out of the gate. It is absolutely zero expectation from anyone else in your life that you are going to be perfect all of the time. Let's let go of and make an anti-resolution around perfectionism. I think that would reduce so much anxiety in people, so much rumination, and just so much wasted energy. I'm putting myself in this box as well because I'm sitting here actually recording this podcast very late at night because I was afraid of it not being perfect and the way I wanted it to be for you. So I need to, <laughs> I need to take this advice as much as I'm giving this advice. So as I've shared before on this podcast, I, I learned through my coaching practice. I learned from studying and researching for the podcast. So I'm a work in progress too, my friends. Another one that might go on your anti-resolution list is stop over committing. It is absolutely okay to say no. No is a complete sentence. And going back to guilt and overcommitting, sometimes we say yes, that people pleaser saboteur inside of us says, oh, I'm going to say yes to so many things because I don't want to disappoint people. But then what ends up happening is we spread ourselves so thin and we are so exhausted. We're tired. We're not getting enough sleep. We're making mistakes. We're not following through on deadlines. And then we end up actually creating the thing that we were so afraid of creating in the beginning, which is disappointing people. You've heard me talk about this on the podcast before. When someone asks you something, hey, can you take on this extra project? Can you meet this deadline by this Friday? Do you want to go to this party this weekend? Do you want to volunteer to be the head of the PTA at your kid's school? Just pause and give yourself a moment to think about what am I committing to? Is this a win? Is this a yes for me? And is it a yes for you? Then it's a yes. If it's a yes to you, but it's a no to me, then the answer absolutely should be no. So think about where are you over committing? And how can this be your anti-resolution where you will stop over committing? Stop spreading yourself so thin. I see so many parents also just over committing their kids. They're in multiple sports and Parents are going crazy trying to bring them to multiple practices and games and families having to split up and go different directions. Where can you maybe prioritize what's important to both you and your family and your work and meet somewhere in the middle? Also, stop spending time on social media. Maybe one of your anti-resolutions is you commit to only spending a certain amount of time on social media per day. I know a couple of people who have actually buried the app to social media on their phone. So they have to flip to the third page on their phone screen and then it's hidden in another place. 
So it's just not easily accessible to them. I know people who have said, okay, I'm going to actually have one or two days during the week where I'm not going to bring my phone with me. And I'm just going to have some quiet time. I'm going to have some quality time with myself, with my family, with my friends. I actually am working with a coaching client right now who multitasking has been a big issue for her. And she's gotten feedback as a manager that her team feels like she's not fully paying attention. So one of the things that she's committed to is she is committed to stop bringing her phone into meetings. I love these anti-resolutions for ourselves, but also I invite you to think about where can you implement some of these anti-resolutions with your teams? So what changes in behavior, ways of working can you implement as, hey, these are things that we are going to stop doing as a team. We are going to stop having all hands meetings if we're not getting anything out of them and it's just not important and there's no real tangible takeaways or action items. We are going to stop bringing our phones into meetings. We're going to stop having our laptops up during meetings. We are going to stop having hour-long meetings and we're going to have 30-minute meetings and we're going to see how much more productive we are. This is a great thing to bring to your teams and to really use this year as a clean slate. What are we going to start doing and then what are we going to stop doing? So I'm sure we've all heard of the stop, start, continue. This is an opportunity to kind of reaffirm and reestablish some of those norms on your teams. So now that I've shared with you some ideas on what anti-resolutions look like and some different ideas of actual strategies and tactics that you can implement for yourself, what are you going to do with it? What action are you going to take? What are you going to stop doing? I think as a society, we tend to wear busyness as a badge, as this badge of honor of, look at me, I'm doing so many things, I'm important. What ends up happening is we are burned out. We are exhausted. We are over committing ourselves and we're suffering because of it. So what are you going to commit to stop doing? What kind of space is that going to open up for you and what becomes possible in that space? I really invite you to grab your journal, think about that, pause the podcast if you need to. And the other question that is somewhat related to anti-resolutions is, what are you going to let go of? Because I know sometimes when we get this idea in our heads of, well, I'm going to stop doing something, all of a sudden we get this, well, what are going to be the ramifications of that? Am I going to be disappointing people? Am I not going to have the same professional identity at work? What's going to happen? People have a little anxiety of letting go. And that's good. I invite you to work through that anxiety and think about what is underneath that anxiety. Is my self-worth attached to how much I'm doing on a daily basis? I'm not saying it's not good or healthy to have stretch goals and to get out of your comfort zone. I absolutely support that. I think it's really healthy. It's just important to understand why you're doing it. And it's also important to understand what your limit is. We all have different limits. We all come to life with different strengths, with different weaknesses, with different skills. We end up comparing ourselves as if 
we were all given the same set of skills and strengths and capabilities, and that's just not the case. So for you, what do you need to let go of? Maybe you need to let go of disappointing people. Maybe you need to let go of tying up your professional identity with your personal identity. Maybe you need to let go of fear. Maybe there's some fear that is driving you to be busy, to keep going, to keep climbing the corporate ladder, to keep pushing yourself in an unhealthy way. And maybe you need to let go of something. And so I invite you to think about what do you need to let go of so that you can make this year the best year ever. So like I said, we've kind of flipped this idea of New Year's resolutions. Obviously, they don't work. I gave you the stats up front. And instead of, you know, what are you going to stop doing this year? I have to say, I coached a group today, and it was my first group since the start of the year. And by the way, I forgot to apologize, but, you know, I haven't been here on the podcast. And part of it was I needed some time off, and I thoroughly enjoyed my holidays. I got some great time with my family, even though the holidays were somewhat difficult this year, as you know, for me, but it was great. And I really enjoyed some time off. I, there were some friends that had some unexpected deaths in their family. And so I actually went to New Jersey to be with my best friend. She lost her dad right around Christmas. It was great to, to be able to have the flexibility to be there, to be with her. It was also great to just disconnect. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself of, oh, you know, I'm in New Jersey, but I need to get the podcast and how am I going to do this? And I brought a microphone with me. And at the end of the day, you know, I was so present in being there with her and being there with her family that I chose to let go of the fact that I might be disappointing you. And I chose to embrace being present, just knowing that it's going to be okay. I put off the podcast by one week, and I hope that's okay. And if it's not, I'm okay with that decision because it's what I needed in the moment. And it's how I needed to show up, and it's what I prioritized. Now, you mean the world to me. I promise to be here every other week with you for the remainder of the year. I know we had some ups and downs last year and some schedule changes, but that's my commitment. You know what? If something comes up, we will work through it. But I'm letting go of my perfectionism. I'm letting go of the fear of disappointing my audience. And I'm grateful to be here with you today. So again, I'm learning in this process. We're learning this together. And I can't wait to see what 2023 holds for both of us. I'm excited to be here. I hope you will Make the same commitment that you made last year and be here each week for each episode because we have some great topics in store for you this year. And I'm excited for 2023. Next week, we'll be talking about energy. So there's all this great energy around the new year. And how do you manage your energy? How do you keep your energy up? And how do you use energy for positivity in your life? 
and to really, again, make 2023 the best year yet. So one last time, Happy New Year, and I look forward to seeing you back here in two weeks. 